Welcome into Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Today on the show is year three, the time to be elite. Will the Braves run wild this season? And could Vaughn be an option at number two? It's all next. It's Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked On Sports Atlanta. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. Hitting Hard is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. We ask you to head over to YouTube.com for Locked On Sports Atlanta into your search browser. When you get there, hit that subscribe button. Leave us a comment. We are free and available to download on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Spotify, Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get all of your favorites, you can find us there. Roku and Amazon Fire, that's two additional platforms that you can check us out on. And then give me a follow on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. You know, I was thinking about this the other day about where we are in this evolution of rebuilding and retooling and everything with the Falcons roster. And, you know, I I, I still get frustrated when I look back over the last couple of years at drafting Drake London last year and then Kyle Pitts two years ago, simply because that it's not that they're not good players, but simply because it's just not, it, it's not where you win in the NFL and, and it's not where this team needs its biggest help. So I started thinking about Kyle Pitts a little bit and is this going to be the year that he makes that jump into elite status okay now look Kyle Pitts is a really good player okay but he ain't George Kittle he ain't Travis Kelsey he ain't in that realm right now and if you look over his first two years of his career he's had 96 receptions for 1,382 yards and three touchdowns okay can I tell you that I'm expecting those kinds of numbers, and, and I'll explain the touchdowns in a minute. Though that, that catch number and that yardage number needs to be what he puts out this year alone. I'm expecting 100 catches, 1,300 yards, and 10 touchdowns. If we're going to, with the guys that we have, if we're going to get into that winning mode and in that winning territory, Okay, Kyle Pitts has got to be a difference-making elite player. And he's not been that. We could talk about the 1,026 yards in 17 games. Sorry, I mean, that's and an a touchdown. Now, again, it's not all on Kyle Pitts. It's not all his fault, but he does share in some of the blame for it, though. It's your coach, it's your quarterback, and it's Kyle Pitts. All three parties are at fault here. And I need Kyle Pitts to just ball out this season. If he's not a hundred, and I don't, I don't want to hear any more excuses about quarterback, coach, Pitt. I don't want to hear any more excuses because these are the guys that have to carry this franchise forward. Because that's all of your high draft capital. 
And when you draft a guy at the level that they drafted Kyle Pitts, you know, I've said before about Drake London, Kyle Pitts, these guys need to be Jamar Chase. And Jamar Chase isn't just great because Joe Burrow's throwing him the football. They scheme him. He he does it on his own. There are other things involved, not just Joe Burrow. Jamar Chase would have been a, a top-tier wide receiver in any organization in the NFL. But it's time for Kyle Pitts to have that monster season where we all go, whoa. You know, I don't want to be joking on here in a year from now about, well, Michael Pruitt's a, a unicorn because he had four touchdowns and all that. I don't want to be joking about that kind of stuff. These are the guys that we have to have, and Kyle Pitts is the leader in the clubhouse for all of that. Desmond Ritter should be better, or you get C.J. Stroud, or you go out and get a court. Whatever your options are, if you get Lamar or Justin Fields or whatever, I, I don't really care. Got to get the ball to him. Got to get the ball in his hands a lot. He's got to be a difference maker. And then our coach. You know, I know our coach can coach. I know he's a good offensive mind. We got to find a way. There's no reason why Kyle Pitts can't be a double-digit touchdown guy. Everybody else in the league is. All the top guys are. Why can't we ever do these things? It, same thing with Julio. You know, we always use the excuse, well, you know, everybody's double-teamed. Well, everybody double-teams everybody in the NFL when they get down deep. You don't think Travis Kell, I mean, they design plays and they find a way to get Travis Kelsey open. Look at that touchdown that he ran in the uh, in the Super Bowl. You scheme it, you fix it, you throw it, you catch it, you do all these things. But I'm getting really frustrated about the idea of because we, you know, because we didn't take the Penesuls and the Micah Parsons of the world, we haven't fixed the basic things that fix a football team and get a football team over the hump. You know, you fix everything inside and then go outward. And then, you you know, when, you, when you're when you a good football team and you have your quarterback or your offensive line or your defensive line, then you, then you get the Kyle Pitts and the, and the weapons and all those kinds of things. So I need Pitts to have 100 yards, 13, or sorry, 100 catches, 1,300 yards, and 10 touchdowns this year. If not... I don't want to hear any excuse making because the fact is, is that how valuable is that pick now? And, and this is, I, I know the first thing that you're going to comment on, oh, well, he's hating on Kyle Pitts. No, I'm not. But everybody's got to be better. What What is the definition of a useless weapon? That's a weapon that's not used. And if we can't get him involved at a level of a Jordan, I mean, even George Kittle had 800 yards and 12 touchdowns last year. And he's got Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Brock Purdy throwing to him. I don't want to hear about your quarterback. Find a way. If you got to, just like Ritter did, you got to force the ball into Drake London, force the ball into Drake London. Good things will happen when you force the ball in there. So stay healthy be on the field, and be a difference maker. Because these are the guys that we have hitched our wagon to. We haven't hitched our wagon to, you know, Micah Parsons or a 10-sack guy or dominating, you know, interior offensive. 
we haven't hitched our wagon to enough of those guys that make the difference in why we win and why we don't win. So I need Kyle Pitts to step it up, ramp it up. I need to look up and see he's got Travis Kelsey-like numbers. Travis Kelsey was 100 catches, 1,300 yards, 10 touchdowns. You know what? If I've got the highest drafted tight end in the history of the NFL, then I need the same kind of production. Because right now, it hasn't been enough. And that's not all on Kyle Pitts, but certainly a part of it is on Kyle Pitts. You can't you can't give him 0% of the blame in all of this. We have to find a way to figure it out. Figure it out. Your coach, your quarterback, your player, figure it out. Because if not, since these are the guys we hitched our wagon to, and if we can't get those guys into elite status, they're not going to advance this franchise at all. It's not going to get over the hump because these are the guys that we've tied our draft capital into. All right, let's talk about our friends over at FanDuel. Listen, FanDuel is America's number one sports book. And new customers, when you sign up, you can claim your no-sweat first bet for as much as $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download the FanDuel app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. And you can bet on everything from money lines to prop bets to point scores, everything in between. And then you can even combine your bets for a bigger chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So head over to FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N and claim your no sweat first bet where you could win as much as $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook betting partner of the NBA. So I was talking with Chris Willis, who's the managing editor, covers the Atlanta Braves for Battery Power. Uh, it's a website dedicated part of the SB Nation um, series of websites and things like that. And we were talking a little bit about, uh, I had him on my radio show last night. We were talking about the idea of, could this be the year that the Atlanta Braves run wild on the base paths? Now, a couple things here. Number one is the Braves are a very aggressive team on the base pass. And I've said this for years now that one of their underrated elements has always been their speed. And I've always enjoyed seeing the Braves utilize that speed, whether it's Ronnie scoring from second on a bloop single, whether it's a guy scoring from first on a double to the wall. Braves have always had really good team speed. And 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 this year when you look at Ronnie, Ozzy, Michael Harris, right? Vaughn Grissom. You know, you've got guys that can run around the bases and motor around the bases. So they've been an aggressive base running team naturally, whether it's Ron Washington, whether that comes from Snitker, but they've been aggressive. And then you add in now the rules that are in place where when a guy's on first, you can only throw over twice. Okay. And then you got the bigger base. Imagine if 1983, you'd have had the bigger base and only be able to throw over twice. How many stolen bases would Ricky Henderson have? 300? What would Tim Raines have? You know, 500 stolen bases? These guys are to run wild. And I want to see the Braves bring that element in. We already know that they're aggressive on the base pass. 
But when it comes to stealing, I want to see them be aggressive too. I want to see a guy standing at second with nobody out and Olsen or Riley or Ozzy or whatever up at bat, right? I want to see second and third with one out more often because it just helps your offense. And, and this is not being reckless or anything like that, but you look at whether it's Vaughn Grissom, whether it's Michael Harris, whether it's Ronald Acuna. Yeah, I know that there's been articles written about, you know, 40-40 and all that kind of stuff. Ronnie can certainly be a 40 stolen base guy. Michael Harris could be a 30, 30 to 40 stolen base guy. Vaughn Grissom could be 20, 25 stolen bases. Heck, even in the in the season that or, um, uh, in the half a season that Ozzy had, he was a 20 stolen base guy. I love speed in baseball. I love aggressive play. I love stealing bases. Because if you can get that 90 feet without having to sacrifice an out or anything like that from your lineup, just puts much more pressure on the defense. And when you look at the idea of not being able to shift anymore and different things like that, you know, batting averages should in theory go up. Run scoring should in theory go up. Just from just from the idea of the rule changes that are in place. But if you can add that element of the stolen base, yeah, look, the Cardinals of the mid-80s made a living out of it with Willie McGee and Ozzie Smith and Vince Coleman. You know, they, they were a World Series champion, and they made a living out of it. And that's not to say that, look, the Braves have plenty of bashers, right? They got Riley, and they got Olsen, and they got these guys that can just mash the ball to the ballpark. But rather than stand around and wait for the three-run homer as baseball has evolved, Man, take advantage of that speed element. Take advantage of the new rules that are in place. And I think that there will be an emphasis from Snicker, from Ron Washington, that that part of the game will come back into play. The Braves already do a pretty good job of that, right? You know, Michael Harris, we talked about 20-some stolen bases. Von Grissom was doing some stolen bases. Ronnie is a 30-stolen base guy. Uh, or uh, Ozzy, you know, 20 stolen. I mean, they do a pretty good job of it, of taking the guys that they have and really utilizing their speed. I want to see more of that. I want to see the Braves be able to manufacture more runs, not just sit back and wait for Riley to club a three-run homer or Matt Olson to club a two-run homer. I want to see them be able to manufacture some runs. Because at times, you know, this offense, when you get to the playoffs and you face elite pitching, you know, isn't able to manufacture some runs. So I want to see them be able to play some station-to-station baseball at times. And yeah, I know, it goes against everything that's ingrained in the baseball world, right? This this whole five-year period of, of uh, baseball, the way it's been played now, you know, again, it, it's all this radical change, you know, other than the fact that for the first 150 years of baseball, you played a lot of station-to-station baseball, and then, you know, you got, you know, the, the occasional home run and stuff like that, you know, from guys. But that's how baseball was played. But this team has got a lot of elements. And whether it's at the top of the order, whether it's through the bottom of the order, whether it's through the middle of the order, there are guys all through that lineup that can really motor and get around the bases. And with these new rule changes in place, the base, the size of the base, the 
a inability to, to throw over a lot. I really hope that the Braves take advantage of it because they are one of the teams that is built that they 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 can they can score a lot of runs in unconventional ways. They don't have to just sit on base and wait for the three-run homer. You know, they can have a guy at third with one out and hit a ground ball to second base, and that guy can score if you get the right guy on there. So I want to see the Braves run wild on the base pass this year. I hope Snitker and Ron Washington allow these guys to crank things up and get things going and obviously utilize all of their speed element because they do it on the base pass just naturally. Now I want to see more stolen bases along with it. All right, let's talk about our friends over at Built Bar. Listen, everybody's trying to get themselves in shape now, right? And we're looking for all those snacks that are low calorie, low sugar, low carb, everything, you know, uh, and we're trying to get in a healthier frame of mind and we're trying to eat better, right? Built Bar has got you connected with all of their different product lines. Check out at built.com today. You can try the um, uh, old fashioned protein bars. You can try the marshmallow or the uh, protein infused marshmallow puffs, whatever you choose. There's somewhere around 130 calories, 17 grams of protein and only four grams of sugar. So as we're trying to get healthier and find better snacks, Built Bar is the way to go. And now with Built Bar, besides going to Built.com, you can go to Walmart. You can go to the pharmacy section of Walmart and pick you up a box of protein bars. Or you can go to Sam's Club now and pick you up a box of protein bars. So whether you go the brick and mortar route or you go online, get your box of Built Bars today, now available at Walmart and Sam's Club and, as always, at Built.com. So we're looking at the Braves lineup, right? And we're trying to kind of figure out because it's very interesting how this lineup could be constructed. And we've seen a lot of Matt Olson in the two hole uh, so far in spring. And, and I really think that, you know, Michael Harris is a guy who profiles as a number two hitter. He's got some power. He's got speed. He's got good contact rate and all this kind of stuff. If he can work on his on-base percentage a little bit, I think that would be a little bit better. But one of the things about Michael Harris is, is that he doesn't hit lefties as well. He had 323 with a 363 on base against right-handers. He only hit 238 with a 284 on base against left-handers. And, and his slugging was 580 against right-handers, 365 against lefties. 943 OPS to a 649 OPS against left-handers. So he's definitely got some struggles, and that's one of the things that we can look at with uh, Michael Harris to improve on. But what about the idea of if you go lefty-righty and different things like that, what about the idea of Vaughn Grissom hitting in the two-hole? We know that he's got the speed, and if you look at Grissom's splits, from last year against right-handers. He had a really solid 273 with a 324 on-base percentage and a 404 slugging for a 728 OPS. But against lefties last year, he hit 333 with a 417 on-base percentage, 524 slugging, and a 941 OPS. 
Now, granted, it was not a big sample size, but still, as a right-handed batter who can hit left-handed pitching, and he's got good contact rate and things like that, what about the idea of Vaughn Grissom getting a chance to hit in that two-hole? Because here's the things that I'm looking in my two-hole hitter, okay? I need a guy that gets on base first and foremost, okay? Ronnie has all the power and everything, and he's the complete player. But I need a guy in the two-hole to get on base, to stand on first base, however that is. He gets a single, he draws a walk, he gets hit by a pitch. I need a guy in the two-hole to stand on first base. Then I get Matt Olson and Riley and Sean Murphy and Ozuna or whoever. I get all those bashers and mashers that come up after him. So that's the first thing is I need I need a guy that can get on base, okay? And I would ideally like a guy with some speed. Well, Michael Harris against right-handers fits that bill, right? He gets on base a good bit against right-handers, and he's got all the speed in the world. Vaughn Grissom could be that guy when taking on left-handed pitching. He's a guy that's got some speed. He's a guy that can get on base against lefties. He's a guy that hit well against lefties. And maybe one of the things is about Vaughn Grissom is that with him running uh, now running out at shortstop and playing every day as, as the shortstop, they may not want to put that additional pressure on Vaughn Grissom to hit in the two-hole. But, again, a, a, an unused weapon is a useless weapon. I, I would love to see Vaughn Grissom hit in that, and, and you could flip-flop Michael Harris, you know, Michael Harris against righties, Vaughn Grissom against lefties. And, and put those two guys, you know, further down in the lineup and, and give you that speed element. But I wouldn't mind seeing Vaughn Grissom. And look, he played half a season last year, and he's not learning the shortstop position, okay? He, he played the majority of all of his games in the minors at shortstop. He, he's naturally a shortstop. By if anything, it was playing second base where he was learning a new position, where he played nothing in the minor leagues. So. Again, I understand that they want their defense and and all this kind of stuff. But Vaughn Grissom can handle all of that. And he got a good bit of exposure when Ozzie went down last year at the major league level to show you that he could do some things and he could handle the bat and he could handle the responsibilities of playing in the infield and things like that. And by all accounts through the spring, he's made every play at shortstop. He hasn't been tested with some of the, you know, backhand and, throw it, you know, 100 yards and, you know, all these kinds of crazy plays stuff. But he's really handled the position well. And and I would like to see Grissom, if Michael Harris, rather than hit Matt Olson at number two, because I, I know he's a good on-base percentage guy. That's the theory is, you know, have a guy that's got some punch and some pop and stuff like that in that two-hole spot. And I know lineups aren't built a conventional way anymore. But if Harris can hit two against right-handers, why not Grissom hitting number two against left-handers? If that's the bugaboo for Michael Harris, and maybe Michael Harris, you know, ends up becoming a, a, a more complete hitter and his, his splits don't go so wobbly, lefties versus righties and things like that. And, and maybe it gets to that point. But rather than put Matt Olson up at the number two spot, I wouldn't mind seeing... Vaughn Grissom in that spot because again 
I, I, I'm more of a baseball purist or things like that. Let me have high on base percentage guys at the one and two spot, guys with speed at the one and two spot, and then all of my mashers coming behind. And I know that that's not modern day baseball and things like that, where we see Anthony Rizzo hitting leadoff and things like that. And, you know, all these unconventional guys and the way that the lineup is, is formed and put together and things like that. But if Vaughn Grissom, who certainly will probably be able to handle the load at, at defensively at shortstop, he may not be Dansby at shortstop, but few guys are. But his bat could be a valuable addition to this lineup. And when you talk about the idea of lengthening this lineup, because that's one of the things that the Braves have been so good at is over the last couple few years, the length of their lineup from top to bottom in their lineup. Grissom doesn't need to just be a guy that hits eighth or ninth in your order and he just kind of is what he is down at the bottom of the order. Take advantage of some of the splits. Take advantage of what some of his numbers were, you know, numbers against left-handed pitching, Michael Harris's numbers against right-handed pitching. Take advantage of some of those things because if those guys can get on base and they're standing there behind Ronnie and you get those two guys on base, they're going to score a crap ton of runs with Riley and Olsen and everybody just mashing them all in and, and pounding the ball, you know, out of the ballpark or, you know, doubles against the wall. Those guys will be able to, to pick it up and score. Those guys will get around the bases, just like we talked about earlier in the show with the idea of the Braves turning people loose. Let Vaughn Grissom have his shot up there rather than kind of, I'll say it, wasting Matt Olson. Matt Olson's supposed to be a guy that hits 3-4, right? He's supposed to be a 30-homer, 100-RBI guy, okay? Keep him in that spot. He's supposed to be one of your big run producers. I don't want him having a different mentality about hitting second in the lineup. I'd rather put a Michael Harris or a Vaughn Grissom hitting there at that point of the lineup. All right, well, thank you so much for making Hitting Hard with John Chuck for your first listen every day. Make sure you make Locked On Sports today your second listen Biggest stories of the day, instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day available Spotify, Odyssey, YouTube, wherever you get all of your podcasts from. We ask you to head over to YouTube.com, put Lockdown Sports Atlanta into your search browser. When you get there, hit that subscribe button. We're climbing towards 6,000 folks, so we're well above 5,500 people. So come and uh, be a part of our ever-growing community over on YouTube. We're also free and available to download on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify, Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, wherever you download your favorites from, you can check us out on those platforms. Roku and Amazon Fire, that's two additional ways that you can check us out and our great content. And then give me a follow on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. Have a great weekend. Back with you on Monday. This has been Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked on Sports Atlanta. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. 
And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.